The Last Word with Matt Cooper. So it's time for the Culture Club and I'm delighted that we're joined today by one of the members of Codaline. Codaline, of course, we were talking about only recently in the music spot, just that little bit away from being the fourth Irish act to ever get over one one billion streams on Spotify. All I Want has 991 million listens at present. But guitarist Mark Prendergast has a side project going, which we're going to talk to him about now before we get into a culture club choices. Mark, thank you very much for joining us. Matt, thank you so much for having me. So, Pleasure. what's Man Alive? What's that? I have no idea. It's a good question. <laughs> it's like, it's my new side project um, endeavour. Um, I've got a couple of songs that I've kind of had over the last two years and now I'm going to release them and start a new thing by myself. Codaline's still very, very much intact and together, but this is just something that I'm doing on the side. And how is it different? Is it a different style or what? I think it is, yeah. Like, I, th- I think, uh, you know, just, there's no collaboration. There's not as much collaboration. I'm kind of, uh, you know, playing all the instruments myself and producing it myself. So it's it's it's, it's much lonelier in the studio, put it that way. Um. But it, it, it's very, very different. Yeah, it's completely different. A different, I, I think, I think, a different challenge. I mean, when you're used to being in a band, how many years now as co-founder of Codaline are you going? Well, I, I think we we started like in the we started a band when we were like 15, and so but, but we've we've been Codaline since about 2012. So I, I've been in this band for my whole life, pretty much. Um, and it's 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 been great, you know. But just like you know, I just kind of had a couple of songs there that I wrote over lockdown. I went through went through a breakup, and you know, I made a couple of songs that were just very very personal to me, and I just kind of wanted to put them out myself. Okay, and when will the new project? When will we hear the new EP? The new EP is out on the fifteenth of September. Yeah, there's gonna be five songs on that. Okay, and then back to Codaline when. Uh, well, I'm actually I'm actually going to be on tour in Asia with Codaline when we when I release the EP. So we are going to Asia in September, first of September for like a month long tour. We're doing ten shows over there, and yeah, that that's the whole of September over there. So I'll, I'll be releasing the EP when I'm in Kuala Lumpur, I think. What's the audience reaction to Codaline over there? It's wild. Crazy, yeah. Like we only started going out there about four or five years ago, and I mean, it's 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 kind of surreal because, like, you know, we live a very very normal, reserved life in Dublin. But like, you know, when we get off the plane in like places like Singapore and Indonesia, there's just like loads of fans at the airport giving us like bouquets of flowers and paintings of us and it's 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 a, it's a bizarre thing to run into when you've just been on like a 17-hour flight but it's it's crazy yeah crazy and crazy in a very very beautiful way you know there's there's people over in that part of the world that know who we are and care about us so we keep going back it's great it's, it's nuts over there before we get to your culture club choices we are going to play a little bit of man alive because you have released a single from the new ep be someone so let's just play a bit of that the world was in black and white till i looked into your eyes the colors all came to
And you did all of the musicianship on that yourself, did you, Mark? Uh, I did, yes. I, I wrote the song with uh, my good friend Gavin James, but in the studio it was just myself playing all the instruments. So Very good. It was, it's it, it's I think it sounds more impressive than it actually is, <laughs> but it was but it was like that's that's the one of the biggest differences I suppose from being a solo artist is when you're in the studio with a band, you kind of wait your turn to kind of play your parts and it's very much a collaboration and everyone's kind of getting involved in everything. Where whereas when I was doing it myself, um, it's a good thing and a bad thing. Like when I was doing it myself, I was I just had complete freedom to play and do whatever I wanted whenever I wanted it. So. It was quite enjoyable. I, I did enjoy it a lot. Very good. Well, what we're going to do now is go through all your musical choices and we'll see how you're influenced. Starting with the first single you ever remember buying. What is it? Hanson Mbop, I think is what I said. Is that right? It is, yeah. You're, you sound yeah. a little unsure, are you, if you want to admit it? No. <laughs> I, I don't believe in guilty pleasures, especially not when I was, I think I was eight years old. I was in... I was in Florida. I went to I went to like I did one of those trips when I was a kid where I went to like Disneyland and Universal Studios and we pulled into this like like record store on the side of the road and my dad was like, Right, you can each go and buy a cassette and my sister bought a Backstreet Boys one. I think it was I won it that way and I bought Mbop because it was all over the radio. Let's hear a little bit of Hanson. How old is that, would you reckon, Hanson? Is it late 90s? It must be. What age do you know? Like, I'm 34. So that's from 97, um, I think, I've just been told. I, I love the fact that you played that song next to like my my song, which is just like just polar opposites. <laughs> well, we're gonna that get... song still sounds amazing. It's, that song still sounds great, doesn't it? It is, actually. And funny. Tell us about your favourite album. You've gone for Feist, The Remember. Tell us, or The Reminder. Tell us about this. The Reminder, yeah. So I, I, I was put onto Feist by our Code Alliance producer. His name's Phil, Phil McGee. And um, it's like, there's a song, James Blake uh, released a cover. He, he had a, one of his first releases was a song called Limit Your Love. And I always thought that that was his song. And then my friend Phil told me that it's actually it's actually Feist's song. It's from this album called Reminder. And he was like, you need to go listen to that. And when I heard her, like I love his version. When I heard her version, um, I just got so swept up in it. And, and that album, start to finish, like, you know when you find an album where it just 
it has a feeling going the whole way through it. I think it, I think it's I think it's what great albums have is that like from the first song to the last song, it just has this one continuous kind of feeling the whole way through it. And like anytime I put that on, I always hear something new in it. And her voice, her voice is like her voice is like silk, and just the instrumentation around this. I, I, yeah, if people haven't heard that album, I would highly recommend it. Like just from a songwriting point of view, it's 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 flawless. And the production is just, I think it's perfect for, um, it's perfect for the song. So, well, the track yeah, that we have from the album by Feist, the reminder is one, two, three, four. Three, four, five, six, nine, ten. Money can't buy you back the love that you had then. Mark, you've just introduced me there in Feist to an artist I wasn't aware of, but I'm doing a quick read about her and she's had an incredibly varied, interesting career. Yeah, she's she's ridiculous. I, I like it. You can you can even hear it in that recording, like that 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 song kind of exploded. I think I think I think it was on an ad for something. I think it was used. I think it was synced up on an ad a couple of years ago. But that album, man, listen listen to that album. It's it's stunning. It's crazy. Okay, I'm going to do that now. You have gone for a band who were long gone before you were born as your favourite, the Beatles. Tell us how you got into the Beatles and why they became your favourite. Um, I I almost didn't pick the Beatles because it's so obvious, you know, and they're, you know, they're they pretty much are their own kind of genre at this stage. But so growing up, my my dad doesn't like the Beatles, so I I wasn't introduced to the Beatles growing up. And my sister had that number ones. The it was like a red album with like twenty seven of their number ones on it, whatever. And I liked it, you know. But it wasn't until I was twenty two, and one of my mates, he was like, "Have you ever listened to Sgt. Pepper?" And I hadn't done. And I was in my early twenties, um, which is nuts to think about. But I, I, I listened to that, and just in, they instantly became my favorite band. And I went, I went from album to album. And I've, I'm just obsessed. I'm completely obsessed. And when they brought out that Get Back documentary, I mean, I, I put it on in the background when I'm cooking and stuff. I just, I watch it all the time. I'm obsessed with anything, any footage I can find of them. I think, I, I don't know if a band or an artist will ever match what they've done. And Why? Like, what was know, it about them for you? I think it's the different voices. I, th- I think it's like, you know, they've three singers, four singers, sorry, and they've two of the best songwriters of all time. It was their cultural impact. Obviously, uh, you know, I wasn't as affected by the cultural impact because I wasn't around, but just every song, every song is absolutely perfect in its own way. And I like the more I listen to them, the more I get into their kind of more obscure kind of stuff. Like the, the White Album is probably my favorite album. Um, and like I'm obsessed. Like I, 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 I just watched their interviews when I sleep and stuff. It's like I went to Liverpool just to kind of do their Beatles tour. I, I saw Paul McCartney at a festival in 
Denmark and yeah, I just I just soak it up. I, I just think they're untouchable. I don't know why. It's it's just the Beatles, aren't they? Well, we have a track from the Beatles. We've actually gone to the album Abbey Road to pick out Come Together. So it's a sin to cut that off. That's that good. The Beatles come together from the album Abbey Road. Mark Prendergast is with us today from Codaline. And of course, his new side project is Man Alive. And yet you've gone, Mark, for something entirely different as the best gig you were ever at. You've nominated The Gloaming at the National Concert Hall. Tell us about this gig and why that sticks out in your mind. Um, I think it's... The, the the gig just completely floored me. Like like uh, like, you know when you go to a gig and, and you're just completely like, you're you're kind of you drift away and you start thinking about like plans for the future and people from the past. It, like I, I I was in tears for a lot of the gig. Like the gloaming for me are what it's what Ireland sounds like. If, if ever I'm doing a road trip or I'm traveling around the country, I, I just put that on and it. It's just like there's something just it's the Irishness of it if that makes sense I know like Irish people are very very proud of like anything that comes out of Ireland but there's something about the gloaming's music that like from the from now when I heard it I was just like what is this because it's so it's just the emotion in us and it's how kind of different it is to anything that's kind of come before but it also has like that nostalgic feel of kind of more traditional Irish music um and that that gig was just nuts. Like it, it, it sounded amazing, and the whole room just kind of sat in silence and in awe, just watching watching them play. There was no frills. There was no like. It wasn't too fancy. It was just, yeah. It just got me. Like I, I've been lucky enough to go to like tons of shows and like seen like spectacles and big shows that have like explosions and all that kind of crack. But that show. Just for an Irish person watching like that kind of music, and in the National Concert Hall as well, I think it's a stunning venue. Um, it just that that's the standout for me. Okay, let's hear a little bit of Fawn Log, which was recorded live at the National Concert Hall at a gathering featuring Irlo Leonard, Martin Hayes, Dennis Cal, Quivy Norahlig, and Thomas Bartlett. Big and fun, you're 
live at the National Concert Hall. We're going to go back to the Culture Club in a moment. Mark Prendergast is staying with us. We need to take a break and then back with the rest of it after this. Welcome back to the Culture Club. We're joined today by Mark Prendergast, guitarist with Codaline, who has his new side project, Man Alive. So Mark, let's move away from the music and let's move to your other cultural influences and uh, movies. You've gone for a movie called Big Fish, which was directed by Tim Burton. Tell us about this. Um, it's I think it's Ewan McGregor's uh, best movie, and uh, like I, I'm big into like directors that have their own complete style. That when you watch like 20 seconds of a movie, you can instantly identify who it is. And Tim Burton is probably like one of the leaders in that. Um, and it's just a beautiful story. Like if you haven't seen this, like I was about to give away the ending there, <laughs> but like it, it's like. A movie that has a good ending is, for me, is like it's. I think for everybody, it's like when it hits home. But the the it's it's just a beautiful movie. It's a beautiful story. Uh, it's shot beautifully well. It's quite mystical and fantastical, and um, yeah, I just absolutely love it. It's it's one of those movies that I I, I like I put on, I'd say every kind of couple of months, you know, and just marvel at it. It's stunning. Well, let's hear a little bit from it. Uh, Alison Lohman playing Sandra and Ewan McGregor as Edward. After saying my goodbyes, I hopped three trains to get to Auburn that afternoon. Getting closer, going faster than a roller coaster. Love like yours will surely come my way. Hey, hey, hey. Love like yours will surely come my way. You don't know me, but my name is Edward Bloom. And I love you. I've spent the last three years working to find out who you are. And I've been shot and stabbed and trampled a few times. I broke my ribs twice. But it's all been worth it to see you here now and to finally get to talk to you. Because I'm destined to marry you. I knew it the first moment I saw you at the circus, and I know it now more than ever. I'm sorry. You don't have to apologize to me. I'm the luckiest person you're going to find today. No, I'm sorry I'm engaged to be married. But you're wrong. I do know you. At least by reputation. Edward Bloom from Ashton. See, I'm actually engaged to a boy from Ashton. Don Price. He is a few years older than you. Well, congratulations. That is from the big, from Big Fish. 
And then a favourite play is one that's been nominated by many people who've come onto the Culture Club. You've gone for the Book of Mormon. So before we talk a little bit about it, let's just hear a clip from the opening number to it. Hello, my name is Elder Grant. It's a book about America a long, long time ago. It has so many awesome parts. You simply won't believe how much this book can change your life. Hello. My name is Elder Green. I would like to share with you this book of Jesus Christ. Hello, my name is Elder Young. Hello, did you know that Jesus lived here in the USA? You can read all about it now. Hello, in this nifty book, it's free. No, you don't have to pay. Hello, hello, my name is Elder Smith. And can I read this book with you for you to just peruse? Hello, hello. I'll just leave it here. It has a lot of information you can really use. Hello. Hi. My name is Jesus Christ. You have a lovely home. Hello. It's an amazing book. Bonjour. Hola. How? May y'all know Elder White. But he's your kid. This book gives you the secret to eternal life. Sound good? Eternal life with Jesus Christ. It's super fun. Hello. Ding dong. And if you let us in, we'll show you how it can be done. No, thank you. Sure. Oh, well, that's fine. Give back. Have fun in hell. Hey, now. You simply won't believe how much this book will change your life. This book will change your life. Hello. Would you like to change religions? I have a free book written by Jesus. The Book of Mormon. Okay. What was it about it that grabbed you? Well, that's the, the opening. That's, that's the opening. Like, it completely grabs you. It's just the way it's all syncopated together and you see them coming out one by one. But it's like, I'm a huge South Park fan. And I think that like Team, Amer- Team America is also one of the best movies, one of the best comedy movies of all time. And those two guys, the fact that they can do South Park, they can do, you know, a Broadway show. And, and I was lucky enough, I went to see it in Broadway in New York and it's just hilarious. It's just so funny. And I have a real soft spot for theatre. So just watching, seeing the whole production and seeing it kind of, in front of you, it's it's beautiful, it's funny, it's it's bizarre, it's absolutely totally weird. Okay, television, and I suppose from your childhood, you've sort of, or from your young adulthood, you've nominated The Simpsons and Friends. Are those things that you still watch? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I, I went back and watched The Simpsons, and I, I don't like the new ones now, but like season three to nine, I think I, I went back over lockdown and watched them because. I remember, I think it was it was more of a cultural thing on like Sunday evenings at six o'clock was when the new Simpsons was out and then Monday nights at nine o'clock was when the new episode of Friends was out and I kind of miss that like as much as I love like streaming and you can choose to watch what you want when you want there's something nice about like if you don't tune in and sit down in front of your tv at this time and watch it you miss it and um, I think they were just really 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 good shows I, I know they're super popular and like like everyone knows them and it's, it's not really I'm not really introducing those two shows to anybody but they're just brilliant. Like I, I go back and watch them quite a lot, and it's just it's a comfort. It's like comfort TV, you know. It's easy to digest. Now, your choice of the thing that you like most at the moment is "I Think You Should Leave," which is on Netflix. Tell us about this. Uh, I think you should leave is bizarre. Uh, I was like, it's 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 a comedy. It's a guy called Tim Robbins. He used to be. I think it's Tim Robbins. He used to be Tim on, Robinson. Tim Robinson. Sorry, thank you. I think he was a writer on SNL, and I don't think it went too well for him. So he went away and made this show and it's a it's a comedy show 
each episode is like 15 minutes long so it's really it's really like bite-sized comedy but i've never seen sketch comedy like it like the sense of humor is weird i've i've tried to introduce friends to it and people either absolutely hate it and don't get it or they absolutely love it so it's one of those kind of marmite uh, tv shows but I, I i'm into i'm into the awkwardness of it it's, it's just very it's, it's kind of tough to watch at times but well, what we're going to do is play a clip in a sketch which Bob Odenkirk, the star of Better Call Saul, is in. He guest stars as a neighbouring diner who helps Tim out with a little lie about an ice cream store and the lie quickly gets out of hand. The ice cream store is closed today. What do you mean? You didn't know this? When it's too cold outside, all the ice cream stores close because the ice cream machines freeze up and they don't work anymore. Yeah, your dad's right. Uh, when the temperature drops, uh, the ice cream machines freeze up. See? what I tell you? Your dad and I are old friends. <clears throat> That's how come we both know about ice cream stores. Okay, buddy, you go way back, way back. Uh, we're the same age, actually, right? Uh, yeah. And I own every kind of classic car. What's that? Uh, classic cars. I own every kind of a classic car because I'm rich, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's rich. I even have doubles. What? I have doubles of the cars, some of them. That way I know I have a pristine one in storage and then I can drive it and get scratched. I don't care. Yeah. Actually, that's how I know about the ice cream store because I drove by one earlier today and one of the doubles, uh, the double of the, uh, of the Barracuda. Actually, I have... I have triples of the Barracuda. I have triples, right? If I don't have triples, then the other stuff's not true. He has triples of the Barracuda. See, the Barracuda is the one I have triples of. Oh, no, actually, I also have triples of the Roadrunner, too. But just those two. And your dad and I are the same age, and I'm rich, and I have triples of the Barracuda and the Roadrunner. Cool. Uh, can, can we get the check, please, when you get a chance? Oh, this is good news. That deal went through. Yeah. All right, that's going to work out. I have triples of the Nova now. Triples makes it safe. Now, triples is best. Yeah, that's Would good. I love my cars. You know me. I'm driving my classic cars all the time. It's just me and the open road. I go for days and days all alone. Just, but I do, I have a wife. He knows. You know I have a wife. Tell her about my wife. Explain Mark Prendergast what that's all about. <laughs> It's it's like a, a dad is out with his daughter and the daughter the daughter or son not sure wants to get ice cream, and the dad makes a lie, and so he confides in this stranger, to kind of you know, like prove to the kid that the ice cream store is closed, and then this stranger just goes off on one like you know because the dad has opened up the conversation about this lie, and the stranger just goes off about being rich and having a family and having loads of cars like it's really bizarre <laughs> it's kind of hard to get it from that but uh, it, it is a bizarre show but I think that's kind of why I'm into it because there's nothing there's nothing else like that kind of comedy out there So Mark we like to finish the Culture Club by asking people for their hidden treasure what's yours? It's a documentary that went out on TV in the 90s it's called the Marcus Documentary and it's about a guy from Dundalk who gets financial backing in the Celtic Tiger from these multi-millionaires in Dublin and it just he he's not the most talented musician but he gets like 
millions pumped into his gospel i think it's a gospel rap album that he goes to make you can find it on youtube like it's very very buried it's actually quite hard to find that is definitely the deepest cultural treasure that's ever been buried on the culture club here in the last word this is niche and like the thing the funny thing is it's kind of like there's a i heard about it there's a lot of them musicians in ireland and we all kind of know about it and like everyone's kind of shared it with everybody and it's really underground i think it only has like a few thousand views on youtube but it is polarizing to watch because you're watching like celtic tiger money millions of it pumped into this guy who has this blind belief that he's going to become the next beatles and the next michael jackson and you know not to be mean he doesn't quite have what it takes let's say (laughs) but it's it's it, it's like you it, it's I, I showed I showed some of the Codeline crew when we were on our tour bus and they were convinced that it wasn't real and that it was like a Ricky Gervais type TV show because it looks like one. It, it was when those reality TV shows kicked off, um, and it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating just to see because I think they pumped like well over a million pounds into this project and the guy doesn't even finish an album or play a show. And it culminates in him going on that pop stars TV show. Yeah, uh, and it was the first year of pop stars. And he goes on and he basically does a rap instead of singing. Um, <laughs> and it's like you can't you can't believe like he flies around to different recording studios all over the world, like first class, just to look at the studios to pick if he wants to use them. And like it's just it's just like you're like how is this guy like how how has he managed to swindle this much cash from these rich outside dudes okay that's a definite treasure hunt that we're going on to find your buried cultural treasure it's called again i think it's called the marcus documentary or just i think it's just called marcus actually it went out on tv once in in the late 90s and it's resurfaced on youtube but yeah it's very buried very, Excellent. Very, very, very. Mark Prendergast, thank you so much for taking the time. Enjoy your trip to Asia with Codaline and best luck for your new side project, Man Alive. Thanks for joining us. And so that's it for this evening's programme. Big thank you to my entire production team, led tonight by Orla Kearney. It's Stephen Daly up next. And until tomorrow at half four from me, Matt Cooper, have a very good evening. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today and-